Okay, what is going on, everyone? Uh, so my name is Bo, and here we have a very special guest, Ben, who's actually going to be the main instructor in the free FBA class.com. And I'm super excited. I've been talking to Ben over the last few weeks, and uh, I think we actually first made connections, what, like four weeks ago or like a month? Yeah, I think it was like, it's been like a month ever since uh, we like we found each other on Twitter. Yeah. But yeah, um, anyhow, yeah. I'm, I'm super pumped about this because Ben is a seven-figure seller, which like, you know, there's other seven figure sellers out there, but something that's like unique to him is like, you know, first off, um, he's just getting started in this space. Um, and like a lot of people who are larger sellers are kind of like course sellers as well. You know, they maybe you know, like have like a software or like a course and maybe they take a lot of that money and that helps them grow their business. But Ben has just been doing this like in the shadows, like nothing. And he's just really, really grown fast. So um, that's why he's also like the main instructor in the free FBA class. But anyhow, I'm excited to talk with him here. Um, so I guess what we can do, Ben, is let's talk about like how you got started with Amazon. Like how did your journey from like, you know, maybe I think you told me you've kind of got started with other e-commerce or online stuff first, but yeah, just kind of yeah. let us know your interest. Yeah, so um, I was a senior in high school and I was already doing a little bit of e-commerce like throughout my senior year. And I think this is like early 20 or late 2019 early 2020 and then um you know like as I started getting more serious in it and I started to think about like what I wanted to do for a living and I mean I was a pretty good student in school I was already going to college but I knew that I didn't want to work a nine to five I wanted to do internet money so um I was doing drop shipping on eBay it was like marketplace drop shipping it was kind of it was definitely against terms of service and if you do it on Amazon you're gonna get banned don't do it but you know, I just like, I bought stuff from Walmart and put like the customer's address in and then shipped to their place on uh, eBay. And then um, eventually like when quarantine started is when I started taking it really seriously because my school was cut short. And yeah, I was on the grind. I sold like a lot of weights. Like I was probably sold like three to $4,000 worth of weights and I was getting like 25% profit margins on it. But like weightlifting and, weights or... Yeah, like, because really? the gyms were all closed and everything. Oh, so right, right. Brand. I was literally putting it up for, like, $400 and then, so, like, buying it for, like, 100 So I was getting, like, crazy profit margins on it. I right? might have bought something from you then because I bought, a, I bought like, really? weightlifting stuff. I was going to the 24-hour fitness every single day before COVID hit, and then, boom, I was like, oh, my gosh. So buy it on eBay? Uh, uh, no, Amazon. So I'll, you were uh, selling yeah. on eBay, guy. Yeah, it was it was really crazy though, because I was literally, yeah, I'd buy it for like a hundred bucks and I'd make like a hundred bucks on like each set. And then eventually, like um, since like my account, like my sales increased like 300 percent in like one week, they made me submit invoices. And then like an idiot, I just submitted my Walmart invoices and then PayPal just bans me. So then I had about fifteen hundred dollars in PayPal, which is probably like 75% of like my net worth. I had like two thousand dollars to my name. So I had $500, I was hungry and I, I wanted to make money online. So yeah, I was like finding ways to make money online. And eventually I think one of your ads popped up and that's when I knew that like I wanted to do Amazon. That's hilarious. I probably said something about yeah. how like drop shipping is against terms of service and all these things. You're like, oh, I'm no, find I didn't, I didn't even like, it's actually funny though. I, I, um, I didn't do any marketplace drop shipping right. on Amazon, but because when I started, you know, it was right when quarantine started. You weren't allowed to do like FBA on Amazon. Like you weren't even allowed to send stuff in for like when I wanted to start. Right. That was so annoying. So, yeah. So FBM products were going like really crazy in that time. So I started, um, I did wholesale dropshipping. I found a few wholesale right. suppliers and because FBM was going like really crazy, I was getting a lot of sales doing FBM when I started and I did wholesale dropshipping first. And then 
as soon as uh you know fba started to get big again i just the same products i drop shipped i just put it in fba and then after that i just kept doing fba and kept building that's hilarious yeah during that time window it actually lasted a while but like definitely march april may june it was so much better to do fbm and it was kind of no, yeah, like for sure because you can yeah. only send in the uh the essential stuff you couldn't send in like right. any like anything else it was almost like better you could have like you know there's so many opportunities then but uh yeah. yeah, that was a funny time. Um, okay, cool. So then that's how you kind of get started into it. Um, and what I've learned from you is you have like a unique method, essentially, like you are mixing arbitrage and wholesale together, which is like, kind of cool, because I definitely have bashed on arbitrage, but I've never been like arbitrage is like, awful to do or like you know it's uh think against retail the arbitrage sucks yeah like it's not like against the terms and service like sometimes people confuse that with me so i just want to make it very clear yeah. it, like it's you're totally fine um, unless you drop shit that that you don't do that yeah exactly so you can't do that but yeah like how did you come across because it seems like you do it in a lot more unique way than you know most people so yeah so i mean i started off with wholesale um and I had like, for like literally like my first year, I only had like three suppliers. They were good enough. I had, you know, like every, most sellers when they start, they have cash flow issues. So right. like, like I kept turning like, like I, like I said, I started with like $500. Eventually I got that 1500 back from PayPal, but you know, I just kept turning like 2000 into like 3000 and 3000 into like 4000. I kept building up until eventually I was spending like 30, 40 K a month with like two or three suppliers. And then after that, like I, I struggled to find new suppliers. Um, like, like it was like, I, I literally would contact like every supplier, every single one would be like, no, you can't sell on Amazon or like, I would look through it. They suck. And I mean, it's, it's kind of like that now, but you like, it's really just a numbers game. If you keep looking, you're going to find that one. Right. And it really just takes, like I said, I had two suppliers and I was spending like 15 K a month on both of them. So, right. but I, at that point I kind of just like, all right, I'm gonna try something else. Cause I'm not able to find new suppliers. And this was like, probably like the middle of, I'd say middle of the late 2021, like around September, October, 2021 is when I really learned about online arbitrage, but um, I was doing a lot of quarter force like stuff still. So then I started in like, probably like this year, like the beginning of this year is when I started online arbitrage and yeah, online arbitrage is really good. Like there's so many things you can buy. Yeah. And you're getting a high markup on things too. Like you're getting a way higher yeah. margin, which is like, is also another way really, really important for scaling. Because if you want to like go from having 10K capital to like 40, 50K, like, you know, it'd be really hard to do that if you are only making five, 10% on your orders. But, you know, it seems like you're doing better than that. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny because like you'd think that because you're buying from retail suppliers, you're going to get less margin and less ROI on online arbitrage products. But in reality, like with all the discounts and everything, a lot of times you're getting way more ROI. Is it and usually like, like a, a supply and demand issue? Like maybe like the that's that's a big thing, yeah. Yeah, because like, I know um, I, there's a, there's a lot of brands that like you literally can't get your hands on it because right. especially now, like even like even still from quarantine, there's still like manufacturing issues for a lot of stuff. You get your hands on it, you're gonna profit. Yeah, like it's no longer like it was extremely highlighted during COVID for sure. Like I have a a friend of mine who works in Nvidia. Um, and NVIDIA has these things called like GPUs that people use to like mine Ethereum and stuff like that. And the, the retail on them is $1,400. But during like 2021 and even during COVID, they were literally selling for up to 3,800, almost $4,000 just because like yeah. NVIDIA would sell out, everyone would buy these up and they would just like 
either sell them somewhere else. Like I think if you go on Amazon right now, they're probably still a little bit higher they're, I think they've got back down to normal and some of the stuff, but yeah, that I was actually curious about that with online arbitrage. Yeah, it's like the same thing with like PS fives too. Right. Know, like, exactly. Yeah. So do you see that as a lot of opportunities where you're able to like scoop up a lot of like deals that are kind of like sold out and then just kind of sell them back on Amazon or. I mean, yeah, there's actually this specific brand. It's this camera brand called Fujifilm. Um, Got it, okay. and they they have the same exact thing you can buy them from walmart for like 19 dollars. and i actually just made a video on this like tiktok you can buy it for like 19 dollars and sell it for like 40 on amazon but to buy it for 19 it's like you have to you have to check like every hour you're gonna get really lucky you can even purchase it because like yeah and then there was like same thing with um calculators this year um like like um there was so many like listings that like calculators were just like it's like really hard to get your hands on. Like there was a calculator you could buy for like $9 on Walmart itself, so like 18 on Amazon, but they would, uh, they would cancel all your orders. Wow. So okay, I think did they... it's, it's definitely in the electronics. I don't know what it is, but there's, there's just a lot of manufacturing issues in electronics. Okay. I see that. Like I, I'm kind of like new to on Twitter. Like I've had a Twitter account for a long time, but I've never really used it. I s- noticed a lot of people kind of joke about like, or complain about their orders getting canceled a lot with arbitrage. Is that like a thing? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's um. So if you buy from Target, um, you're gonna get your orders canceled eventually. Like I'm like, after like 30 orders in Target, you're gonna get canceled. Um, and then there's like a few other bigger ones. Like I think Walgreens canceled. I'm not 100 sure. I don't even buy from Walgreens that much. But Walmart really never cancels. That's why I love Walmart. That's like probably one of the best places to buy. But, it, it, and it if you buy from they, a lot of like obscure suppliers too, you're gonna get canceled a lot too. Got it. Is it because they just see too much volume going on, or what? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like they might have agreements with the brands and the brands don't want you reselling it. I think that's a big thing. But you can yeah. just use a VPN though. That's what a lot of people do. Like there's a lot of ways to get around it. Yeah, you can like, there's like uh, several platforms. Even American Express has this. American Express has a thing where you can create a new credit card, um, but there's, mm-hmm. entre- there's yeah, a bunch yeah, of other similar cards. platforms. Yeah, and then you could just use a VPN um, like NordVPN. I mean, maybe I should put affiliate link down below for this, but, uh, and you just put it in different cities, stuff like that. I mean, I feel like that would resolve it. The only thing is, I guess, maybe if they see if your credit card has a past history of doing that, but I yeah, feel I like- mean, I've actually tried that before. Um, it's like, I forgot what it's called. It's something card. Um, you get like, yeah, you get like a ghost card or something. So it's a whole new right. credit card. And then you get like a, you type in a different billing address. I've tried it, and a lot of sites they're still on that because, I mean, a lot of sites use Shop Pay to make you pay, which is like the payment processor. Right. And I guess they're really good at like cracking down on that. Interesting. I remember running into some of these issues with actually drop shipping in the like a long, long time ago. Like I think it was like 2016. I was doing drop shipping. Um, I, I noticed that PayPal doesn't get canceled a lot. I mean, I don't know if that's a thing, but anyhow, PayPal. Yeah. I don't know, but I know most of them use the Shop Pay, and then that if you use shop pay they're really good at like you know finding if you're who you are interesting yeah my brain's going crazy right now just because like i i now like understand tech quite a bit so i'm like i feel like somebody should have some type of like service that doesn't mess this up i'm Uh, sure there's ways around it but it's it's kind of sketchy too to get into that stuff right okay the fujifilm stuff um okay so it's very hard to find that right it's like 19 bucks but it's like really really on demand um do people use like bots to try to buy these products or is everything manual? Um, honestly, I, it might be like that. Um, I know people do that for like sneaker reselling, 
but yeah i mean i don't even like i've tried to purchase the fuji film i've went to so many distributors and every single one of them are like oh yeah like it's impossible to get this product from the manufacturer yeah, it's now, like the walmart one on says amazon. Well, yeah people have it on amazon you can buy it on amazon but yeah. walmart also says it's in stock sometimes but every time i try to get it it says it's out of stock but i mean there's obviously people purchasing it from somewhere so it has it has I, to be a bot uh when i was in high school um i uh i had a supreme bot shout out to my friend jesharon i think his name's jesharon.io on instagram but uh yeah he helped me like with a actually i think i bought it it was like really cheap but practically like supreme drops i don't this might still work but they probably have a bunch of like recaptcha stuff this was before like recaptcha was even a thing um like yeah practically the bot would just automatically make orders so if you go on supreme i don't know if supreme's popular anymore like or yeezys is a perfect example yeezys will drop and you can't buy them at all and they're sold out within seconds it's not actually people going on their computer buying them it's the bots that are just like boom buy them all real quick so um, I bet you that happens with arbitrage stuff all the time. Oh uh, yeah, um, definitely taking advantage of like supply and demand. Right, and, like that's that's definitely a good strategy, especially in the sneaker world. I know people do that a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah, well this is cool because that's yeah that's definitely um that's why I'm really excited about the free FBA class because I feel like for beginners, um, arbitrage online arbitrage specifically is actually a really really good oh, yeah, way definitely. to go because one it's like people that are like needing to make a few extra thousand bucks, like this is probably much easier, uh, lower risk. And I think you probably have higher profit margins. Cause yeah, like you were saying, you can stack coupons, you can stack cash back. You can. Yeah, exactly. It's, um, it's, it's good because I mean, most people go from online arbitrage to wholesale because when you do wholesale, it's going to require a lot of cash flow. You know, you have the MOQs yeah. you got, it's generally actually lower ROI. So yeah. You know, you're going to be like, it's going to be better to do online arbitrage first. And then you're also just going to learn way more by like what brands sell good on Amazon right. and what brands to look at when you're, you know, applying for distributors. So, I mean, it's kind of funny how I, I did the opposite route, but I mean, now I kind of have a system that, you know, I, I guess like my, I find wholesale suppliers from doing online arbitrage. Yeah. So you do a mixture of both essentially. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Which I know a lot of people online, it's like wholesale only or arbitrage only. It's like, I feel like. It's like, it's the same thing. Like you're researching the same products. It's the same concept. Like you still have to win yeah. with a buy box. I think like, it's, um, I mean, online arbitrage is definitely getting more popular throughout, like, especially the last like two years or so. But I mean, a lot of arbitrage sellers, they do go into wholesale. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. So I'm going to throw you some oddball questions. So what do you think, um, keeps you like motivated or like as an entrepreneur because obviously like you're hustling right now which is pretty cool to see people you know at the age you're at like it's gonna be cool to see what you're doing like five years from now but what do you think like motivates you so much or just keep like has you have a good ability to like work hard and everything yeah yeah so i mean um i i, I always tell people this i work i work hard so i don't have to work later so right. I mean, yeah, like I want to make as much money now so that in the future I have more passive income. I could do the stuff I've always wanted to do in my life, you know, like travel, just like just do whatever I want, you know, and, you know, like not to get like full Andrew Tate, like matrix stuff, but I kind of want to escape the matrix. You know, I don't want to have to work a nine to five. I want to have money that I know that I'm safe, not having to get a nine to five. So that's why I'm just working really hard right now just to get out of that. Yeah. Are any of your friends or maybe family, like, are they entrepreneurs or business people or nah. no, my, my brother, actually me and him, we're both, um, 
because he just graduated college and he's trying to be like full-time entrepreneur but and in my like family there's no other entrepreneurs everyone is just like a doctor or pharmacist or whatever nice um do you feel like maybe the use of Twitter and like social media has helped kind of like maybe, you know, stay, I guess, connected or be able to grow as an entrepreneur or maybe, cause it's like, it's kind of lonely, right? If you have like no friends or family and stuff like that and just. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. actually, um, I, that, that's probably my biggest regret when it comes to like doing everything, like being on, like not being on social media for a while. I've always consumed content. Like I always followed all the, Amazon people. I always right. looked at the tweets, but I never actually posted any content. I never really took the time to like actually go out and meet people, which um yeah, like there's definitely benefits of doing that. And that's something I I def I really wish I did before because I mean, yeah, like for a long time I was like I was living in a college town with like all my college friends and we just had different goals. And I mean now I live at home and I'm more like I'm more dialed in. But yeah, like like I said, like I, for a long time, I had cash flow issues anyway. So it's not like I really could even purchase more, but, right. and I think it is, it's definitely good to scale at a pace you're comfortable at. Cause I know there's, there's definitely people that could scale much faster than I did, but I was just, I was just comfortable on the pace I was scaling and I'm, I'm happy with how it is now, but yeah, like it's definitely good to get online. And meet people. Yeah. I see a lot of the, speaking in regards to like scaling too fast, I see a lot of the people on Twitter always posting a screenshot of uh, Amazon loans and how it's tempting. So especially around Q4. Yeah, I never did any. I actually, I I, I bought money like here and there from like family or I got like a little right. small business loan, but I didn't do anything crazy. Like I didn't just get like right. a 50K line of credit, just drop it on inventory. I was always, I always did it really slow, grow slow. Right. Yeah. The Amazon loans are probably more expensive now because the interest rates just went up a bunch. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really good point. I, no one really talks about that too much. Everyone like like someone got scale, 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 scale at all the time. But you know, it's definitely smart to scale at your own pace. Like, I mean, it's simple advice, but I think that's important because I think it's hard to like, you know, uh, for people to not compare themselves to other people. Like, oh my gosh, you know, Ben's doing seven figures, or this person's doing six figures. Or this person did f like five thousand. Like, it's you can't do that. You know, you can't compare yourself. Yeah, to I, I kind of fall into that a little bit too. Um, sometimes I'll see you know what other people are doing, I'll be like, damn, like I want to be at that point too but you know everyone is at their own level can't like comparing yourself is like really bad for the mind yeah you got to do like cross country you're racing against yourself or in track so oh, you, yeah exactly yeah and you, you were a runner in high school right you said mm -hmm, so, yeah it's funny so do you think there's any lessons you learned from running that's helped you uh, i mean yeah that, definitely definitely yeah i mean because i mean running it's a team sport but it's really a, a, you're just it's a solo sport like right. within your mind and yeah you I mean you definitely you learn so much about yourself from running at like your maximum capacity every single day especially running a 5k at your maximum capacity you learn like how deep your mind can get and how tough your mind actually is and i mean yeah like i think like like if you really look at a lot of entrepreneurs now most of them have like do or like do sports in high school and stuff and there's like a lot of lessons you can learn from sports that you can turn into business and i always like to say like business is literally a sport like of course the yeah. competitiveness in it and the strategy and everything it, it is a sport so yeah i've definitely i've learned a lot from like that and especially because like my coaches in high school too they were really good at like motivating and like just like giving life lessons other than just running right makes sense yeah business is a sport but a lot more people can win at the in the business 
space than, you know, try and be a professional athlete, especially, I mean, the money that's involved in a professional runner is like nothing. So no, uh, yeah. Um, it's interesting. Actually, I remember in high school, I read, uh, some like scientific articles about how, um, when you do a 5k, like supposedly going at that pace is like optimal for like releasing specific hormones in like the brain that makes people smarter. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but mm -hmm. if you look at every single cross country runner, they usually have way higher GPAs than any, no, other, so any other sport. That's so true. Like, I mean, I, I was don't know what it is, but... okay in school. Uh, in my school, we haven't, it's out of 4.0. I know some like California schools, you can go like higher than four or ours. You can't. Um, I had like a three, seven, three, eight. And I was like one of the worst on like the team. Everyone's like 3.9 or like valedictorians and everything. I'm like, why is every single one of the cross country athletes so That's, smart? Dude, it's the same thing with um, my high school team. Like every single person on the team was like, we all got into good colleges. We were all like top 10% of our class. I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe you're right about your article. Um, no, I th I, yeah, I think there's something. Cause I feel like when you do like, for me, like when I go on runs, um, I, I get really good ideas. Um, I just feel better, feel more creative. I, I think there's something with the human mm. nature that like we're supposed to, I mean, there's books about this as well. Like people think humans were built to run, which there's a lot of evidence for it. Like those are yeah, yeah, seen that too, yeah. yeah. Like the reason why we sweat is to cool us, cool ourselves down. Not many animals do that. Um, and I think besides like a Siberian Husky, we're the best endurance athletes out of animals. Yeah, yeah. Like um, I think um, humans back in the day, we still just like literally just run like like the the way they got food and evolved was by being in a pack and just outrunning like the animals that like they're hunting for like like twenty miles, and then after that animal just like random endurance, they catch and eat it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because a cheetah it can go super super fast but it doesn't understand that it can actually like some cheetahs will die from like going way too fast. And then practically their heart explodes because they can't stop themselves or they don't realize they need to stop. So then the humans just like slowly running, but I don't know. <laughs> so, so yeah, I think it, I think it's pretty healthy. I mean, it's not like, Oh, you're going to be an endurance athlete and you're going to make a bunch of money, but I think it helps. I think it helps with creativity. I think it definitely helps build a work ethic because um, no, yeah, definitely. I think the hardest part of a run and the hardest part of building a business are the same thing. It's the first three steps. It's like just starting. It's like just getting out there and actually doing it. Cause like when you go on a five mile, 10 mile run, like, I mean, for me, at least I, I would, it would be, I would think about that run or think about like doing that hard workout later in the day way more than I feel like I put more stress myself than actually just doing it. But then as soon as like, okay, now I'm in the run. All right. It's no big deal. I can do it. So yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. And I mean, yeah, like I remember when I was doing cross country, I was thinking about running for like pretty much almost any point of the day. And it's the same right. thing with business or constantly thinking about your business. So, I mean, yeah, there's like, I'm, I'm not sure, like pretty much any sport, you can get those same lessons and put it into business. And 100%. it's pretty much the same concepts. Awesome. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, free FBA class. Let's talk about that. Well, I think we're both pretty pumped for that. So I think as we're talking right now, it's September 24th. So we're launching in 20 days or something like that. Um, what, what do you think people can learn from you in, in the class? I mean, yeah, um, I've done both wholesale and online arbitrage at a pretty high scale. So, I mean, you're going to learn how to find wholesale suppliers from your online arbitrage products too. And you're going to learn, yeah, like I have, I'm going to probably conclude like four methods on finding wholesale suppliers and then i'm going to give like two two or three 
online arbitrage methods to find stuff. And then I'm also going to show you how you can like from those online arbitrage products, how you can find wholesale products. So yeah, I mean, you're going to learn pretty much everything you need to know in the online arbitrage and in the wholesale business models. And you're going to learn the basics. Yeah. I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be really cool, especially once like there's a good community aspect to it, which already like, it seems like there's, you know, you're kind of built like you've been engaging with the people pretty well. Um, I think it's going to be pretty powerful, you know, cause I don't like, there's not, I mean, there's a lot of communities online with our Amazon stuff like that, but there's not like, I feel like a lot where it's like completely free. And I feel like there's a lot of value, especially what it seems like in the arbitrage space with like people actually working together, collaborating and stuff like that. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, for some reason, I feel like people in like the online arbitrage community, they just, there's definitely like a bigger community and like, you know, like people work together way more than that. It's not as independent as like wholesale, especially private label. Right. Okay. Let's actually, let's talk about things not to do with arbitrage. So the first question I actually have is about like, um, I forgot what they're like the, the list deals or like, if like you can join lead, like, yeah. yeah, lead list, like what? Don't uh, do that. Yeah. Don't do them. Okay. Cause I mean, I'm sure if you got like a really private one with like not that many people in it, it could possibly work. But I mean, if you're getting a lead list with like hundreds of different people, you know, like everyone's just going to hop on the list and you can see the, the sellers just going to keep going up. Right. It's the same thing with those, those wholesalers that are going to sell it. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen those wholesalers that send you like deals and then they send oh, you the ASIN with it. Yeah. Have you yeah. seen that before? <laughs> yeah. It's the same yeah, exact yeah. Same concept, you know, you get on it and when you see it, it's like five sellers on it. And then when you're selling it, it's a hundred sellers, you know, it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah, that's the worst. I think also a lot of suppliers understand that. Like in the wholesale space, I think they do it on purpose. They're like, okay, we know that people are going to want to sell this one right now, but it's going to get real messed up. Um, yeah. It's yeah, I called, I called out a supplier one time because when I was beginning, I bought one of them. And at first, like for some reason, it was like it was like um, delayed for like three weeks. And then I looked at the listing when I was like about to ship. I'm like, hold up. I don't want it anymore. Just, you can't cancel it. And then I got in a huge fight. And eventually I was able to cancel it. You know what we should do? I think this might be valuable. This is okay. This is just us brainstorming at this point. Um, I was thinking about making a video, but I was like, okay, I don't really want to have like, because if I make a video like saying a supplier is like a scam, you should be really right for them. It could just be annoying because then they could like file some like case and have to like fight and cost money. Anyhow, we probably should create like some type of like blacklist that's like public that people can like, you know, maybe send because, okay. I feel like in the wholesale space, most suppliers are not going to like scam you, but there always just seems like there's a couple that just pop up that just like are always like kind of doing something. Yeah, I think sketchy. it's kind of, it's kind of obvious because I mean, they're like, they're really pushing one product on people. And if they, especially if they include the ASIN on it, right. And they're pushing like a product through email specifically, like, like trying to get as many people to buy that one product and they're not going to care how you sell it. It's kind of obvious, right. But if they're like, like a lot of times, yeah, when you get emailed a product and it literally says like, oh, this sells good on Amazon. I, that's, a, that's a huge red flag. The people say that they put in their email, they say, hey, this will sell yeah, good like on Amazon. Literally, yeah, literally in the email, they'll like link the ASIN and like the Amazon listing. And they're like, look, it sells, buy it. Yeah, that's stuff sketchy. Yeah, actually, I first like, I've met a couple of suppliers where they tell me that they cherry pick the deals. And if they're really, really good, they'll actually sell it on Amazon themselves. I'm like, how can I trust anything you're going to sell me if you know that the stuff that's actually good for Amazon, you're just going to put it in your Amazon account. 
like that's sketch yeah yeah you definitely so. gotta really on wholesale you kind of just gotta get that one like you gotta go in the company and get that one sales rep that you just really trust that's right. kind of the name of the game for wholesale okay well i want to do that if, if people are watching this and you're in the free fba class or you want to join it or get the wait list we'll put the link down below there's no tricks like it's 100 free i i don't know why you if you want to make money on amazon i don't know why you wouldn't be on there um we should create like a blacklist thing um and we have I mean, to do I don't, it i don't know like because i don't use those suppliers so i don't know all of them and right i mean we could kind of just give red flags on like what not to do yeah. when you find a supplier but i don't know if we should just specifically call out suppliers i don't yeah. know yeah that's a good point i guess people could like submit um yeah i have to think i mean it's kind of like we can like just tell people it's pretty obvious when you know suppliers do right that. If they're yeah. telling you specific deals pushing it to every single person that has accounts with them it's kind of a red flag yeah i mean that, yeah especially if it's a supplier that's like kind of known for amazon to like e-distribution or something like the same one but yeah yeah you know what i mean yeah of course well i feel like okay yeah there's that component to it another thing that like I, I get messages like messages about this occasionally. Like sometimes there'll be a supplier who just like take somebody's money and they just take a really long time to refund them. It, it's not it's not common. It's like really rare, but it happens where it's like okay, they're pretty much scamming them. But yeah, like they take their money and have it on back order. Yeah, they're like, oh, uh, we like need to send you. Order. Yeah, and then they just keep like you know doing that, but. It's actually, it's like literally, it's only a couple. I've only seen like a couple suppliers do that. So, but people will eventually catch on. Um, but okay, yeah, enough of that. Um, cool. No, I'm pumped about it. So um, what advice could you give to anybody that's like just getting started? That's maybe, you know, d doesn't know what to do. They're like, eh, I don't really want to try this Amazon thing. Like, wh what would you say? Yeah, so I would say get keep a subscription. It's like 20 bucks. Okay, get like a... Uh... I don't know, like maybe like seller amp or something that's going to help you like look through stores easily. And then you just storefront stock. You just look through their stores, look it up on Google and then Amazon. And then eventually when you find a product that you think you can buy, that's like a good deal. You know, you just maybe buy like a little bit, like a smaller quantity. And then if you're selling it for profit, then you buy a bigger quantity next time. But then, yeah, um, I would also recommend don't go like fully into one easton you know if you have two thousand dollars don't just spend two thousand dollars on that one easton maybe spend like 500 on one 500 on another no it's the more easton's you buy the more spread out your store is it's generally the least like the lower risk you're gonna have so yeah um and then if you're trying to get into wholesale i would definitely recommend doing online arbitrage first especially with low cash flow right that makes sense spreading the your your investment out with different nations that's smart the, the yeah. people actually teach that in options trading as well just because you're you're having higher probability actually because the if you walk into a casino in las vegas technically your best odds of making money is on the very first like gamble it just because it's the law of numbers where like let's say you have a one percent chance of winning you know well over a thousand times you're only going to win 10 times but you know because you go one time you know, you could have a higher percentage, like you could possibly win that one time right away, which then would give you a one out of one chance, you know? So yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Cause um, sometimes I'll play like online, like gambling with my friends, like we'll do blackjack okay. and our strategy is literally, we just put like, we'll just put like $1 in, like we'll just keep putting like $1 in. And then like when all of us feel it, we'll just put like the whole pot in and just go all in. And we've actually like, we're like positive, like all time doing it. But yeah, I mean, if you're gambling, it's definitely better just to 
go like one big bet or no shoot, i'm actually saying the opposite of what i was saying with amazon but yeah like i guess if you're ga- like amazon's not like gambling though because like obviously it's it's more well it's the inverse safe, like but... if you're if the odds are against you then you want to yeah, go yeah. all and amazon all is definitely in. for you though yeah so that's the thing you're buying stuff that has a higher probability of winning so the thing is like if you have something that has a 90 percent chance of winning uh, being profitable and you go all in on one skew, there's still a 10% chance that you don't win. So if you go all heavy oh, yeah. on it, and if that happens to be the one that's a 10% chance of losing, then you're like, oh my gosh, this entire thing sucks because you lost it. But the issue is, is because that was the 10% chance. If you would have spread it, spread out between a hundred products, 90% would have made money. 10% would have maybe not done so much. So yeah, yeah, yeah it's exactly. The, yeah. So for gambling um, makes sense to go all at, well, I mean, it was just stupid. Yeah. Yeah. It's ups- yeah. 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 So, no, that's my that's our black track strategy. We just keep going small and then we put all, all yeah. the one. Like, it, yeah, it's because it. the odds are but, against you. Exactly. Yeah. And Amazon, it's like, yeah, I'd say if you buy a product, it's like, I mean, if you do, if it's like a really good, like automatic refund, it's almost a hundred percent chance it's going to be right. successful. But I mean, obviously, there's going to be some that are going to be higher risk, higher reward. But yeah, definitely if you're beginning, you got to like, don't go all in one listing. All right. Makes sense. The, the thing about Amazon too is like you're gonna like consistently get like like 30 40 percent ROI but the most you're gonna lose because we're not we're gonna be selling products that sell um the most you're gonna lose is like 10 percent ROI so right even if you do go all into that one ASIN you're not gonna lose all your money it's still gonna sell especially if you're doing arbitrage because you're buying stuff that's at retail you know yeah it, yeah you actually could just return it too maybe like if yeah if it doesn't even sell like Walmart's got like 180 day return policy. Uh, a question that I have, cause like now I, my software business that I'm in is in the finance space. Um, like inflation's a hot topic right now. Inflation's actually like trending down. So like the cost of a lot of things are starting to go down. Some things are getting more expensive for sure, but generally like inflation really, really spiked from let's say um, end of 2020 up until like now, like it started to like peak now. Um, do you, have you seen any, I'm just asking from like someone who's interested in finance, do you see any type of trends going on where maybe some products are actually going down in price or that maybe prior you could easily just buy anything and go up? Do you see anything happening, any weird trends going on with that? I mean, honestly, it's kind of hard to tell because I mean, I mean, obviously the price can go down and more sellers are on the listing. But just like, I mean, we're selling low, lower ticket stuff. So I don't think like, I mean, most like the average thing I sell is like $22. So I don't think it's going to be that obvious. Got it. But um, I mean, it's funny because from 2021, like, like, you know, like from probably like around a year ago to now, everything is like up like 20%. Like it would have been a good investment if I just bought inventory and just put in a storage unit, you know? Right. Because every single one of my bigger wholesale suppliers, all their prices are up like 20%, especially because all the fuel charges and everything. But um, I mean, when you're talking about reverse inflation, I don't see anything really. Right. I mean, maybe like the really high electronic items, maybe it would be like a few, like maybe like 10 or 20 bucks, but I don't know. It'd be that big of a difference on the smaller ticket items. And most of the stuff you're selling sells out pretty quick, quick anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you won't really even notice that until you buy it next time. Um, yeah, some private label sellers are saying like their shipping costs are coming down or a bunch of other stuff coming down. But I feel like with again, a lot of this stuff, it's not really inflation related because it's, it's more like you're selling retail products, um, that people are already buying. 
so it's not you know, more of a supply and demand issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I mean, the people you buy from, a lot of them have like minimum advertised price, anyways. So, like, they couldn't even sell it for less or more. Yeah, what would you say is like some of your your goals? One for like your Amazon business, and then maybe two, just like personal goals for yourself as like a business guy or entrepreneur that you kind of see in the future. Yeah. So, um, for my Amazon business, I want my store to be consistently hitting like 300 K months. I think, um, this, this quarter four, like November, I'm probably going to hit like 400 or like 350 to 400 K. But then after that, I want to be able to consistently get to like around 300 K. And I also, um, like lifestyle, I kind of want it to be, I want my, my business to be more like automated and more like, I want to have more VAs be involved in it. And so I don't have to work as much because, yeah, I work a lot of hours on my business. And, um, yeah, I'm trying to get more into, like, lifestyle. And, yeah, that's probably my main two goals, just more money and less time in it. That's awesome. Um, I feel like a strategy that I'm just – this is just me talking. Um, I'm trying to get Empire Flippers to be involved in our free FBA class at some point because I feel like a good move for, like, a lot of – um, this is my opinion – uh, a lot of move for like arbitrage or wholesale people that start to make a lot of money is then probably try to like acquire some type of like Amazon store. Um, just because like, if you have revenues, if you have profits towards your Amazon business, you could probably leverage those like revenues that, okay, I have these profits. And then you could probably get like, you could probably go get financing to like buy a company for it really inexpensive. So that could be some things later in the future, but anyhow, not really talking too much. I'm just, I'm hoping empire flippers gets involved with our, um, free FBA class thing. Cause then some of those things could happen with, uh, I think some of the people in our program, but yeah. So, I mean, yeah, like long-term I'll definitely invest in other companies, but even right now, right now my focus is just fully Amazon. Yeah. Cause it's a lot of work. I mean, I mean, but with anything, anything, you got to work a lot. I mean, I don't know, like there's not one business that you, I mean, I mean, there's some, there's levels to it, but especially if like you're like, if you never made money before, like in a business, like you have to work hard. So. Yeah, yeah. It's not garbage quick. Amazon is, it's like a, it's like a, if you work hard, you're kind of almost guaranteed to make money, but it's like, it's probably like compared to like Shopify or some of these other business models, you might have to work a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I mean, you definitely have to work more, but I feel like, yeah, you're right. If you do work really hard, you have a pretty good chance of succeeding compared to like, I mean, you could, the issue with like Shopify or, or say like what I'm doing, building software, like you have to have some like pretty deep skills and some stuff. Like if you have a Shopify yeah. website, like you have to be way better than other competitors compared to like arbitrage and wholesale. You just got to, yeah, find the right deals, find the right exactly, buying yeah. prices, which is a lot easier to do than like create value from a brand and everything, which is, I think that's why a lot of people are really interested in Amazon selling. So. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think um, like arbitrage is probably the best business model to do it when you have low cash flow, like not that many skills. You're just trying to become an entrepreneur. It's probably the best business model to get into because a lot of people, they get like, a lot of people are really into Shopify, but I mean, in reality, if you want to do Shopify, like you're going to need at least a few thousand dollars to just like even risk to like right. grow the brand. You know, well, it's not like you can just have like $300, $400 and just start a Shopify store. My issue with Shopify, it's just a website builder. Like if you think about the end of the day, it's just like, because you could decide to have an e-commerce site anywhere else. You could custom code a website. You could go into Wix and all these places. I guess Shopify just makes it easier. Like it's, I, I get confused. What were you going to say? 
I would say like people say like Shopify is a business model. I'm like, I guess, but it's more of like a tool. That's the thing I've never, I've never, I've been so confused with Shopify, Shopify sellers. So. Yeah. Um, I mean, I looked at the Shopify plans, like they're, they're pretty good deals. Like they have their own payment processor, but other, like you don't even have to use their payment processor. You can use PayPal and they don't take any like percent of the fee. So, I mean, it's really only like, probably like, I think it's like 30 bucks or like 50 bucks and you get to like make a website pretty easy. I think that's why a lot of people are into that. But I mean, yeah, yeah. I guess it, for, for some reason it's pretty, it's really just drop shipping and like Facebook ads instead of just like people just call it Shopify drop shipping could be called just like Facebook ad drop shipping or TikTok ads or whatever. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, it's never made sense to me. Like it's not a business model. It's literally just, it's a software that makes things easier. You know, it's like, let's say you're using Keepa. Like that's, I mean, in this case, you're just, it's just making it easier to build a website, which like you can go do that with ClickFunnels. You can go hire a programmer to do that. That could probably make it better. Yeah. But, uh, but with Amazon, it's like you have customers. Like that's a business model because you can build stuff and you have customers that you can sell stuff to, which is pretty sick. So, yeah, um, yeah. okay. So you, uh, you have a goal in mind of doing over 300 K, you know, in a month, you're already like doing over a million dollars a year. Um, did you invest into a lot of like, you know, mentorship or coaching or courses or stuff like that to learn? Yeah. Um, at the start, no, I didn't like, I didn't invest in any, yeah. um, like courses or anything. And yeah, I mean, That's throughout cool. time, I kind of just learned everything myself. I never did any like mentorships or anything. I know I do watch a lot of videos sometimes. I mean, actually not even anymore. Like as I was scaling, I was, I was watching a few videos on YouTube and yeah, I kind of just go on Twitter to see what people are doing. And yeah, um, Instagram, I follow a lot of people in this space. That's kind of how I learned most of my stuff. Yeah, that's but, awesome. So like you didn't like pay for anything because I feel like I see a lot of people where and I, I mean, obviously, I've sold a course before, so I, I do believe that there's value from courses. We're putting together a course, but it's, but it's for free. Um, but I think that's really good. I feel like a lot of people, they go at it and just like learn and just get hungry and learn and try to like keep taking action. A bunch of things like you'll do way better compared to I definitely see a lot of people where, you know, they'll shell out a couple thousand dollars for a course. And it's like they keep buying courses over and over and over and over again. And they think that the course is going to make the money, but it's not. Yeah, like, yeah. I know, think um courses are good and especially coaching it's good if you have a lot of like if you don't have that much time you know like because yeah. i i could have scaled much faster if i did mentorships and if i uh you know if i if i really wanted to get more loans and everything i could have scaled much faster with all that stuff right but yeah um like if you if you are if you're low on cash flow you don't have much money to your name and you have a lot of time, like kind of like, like I had a lot of time and not that much money when I started. So I didn't, I, I course didn't make sense, but I mean, if you're, I don't know, if you're working in nine to five, you have a lot of money and you want to get out of that and you want to get out of that fast, maybe coaching could be a good like offer. I know there's definitely a lot of coaches out there and yeah, probably a few they're good courses that sure. are definitely so. good. And like, they definitely are like good investments, but right. Yeah, like I never like I've always been low on money and not low on time. So that's why I never really was into like mentorship and courses and right. stuff. And it's probably good for people to like actually try to do it themselves first, you know, because then yeah. like because even if you do go through the learning curve, once you learn all this stuff, you still need to put the time into it. So it's not like I mean, it gets your learning curve a lot faster. So Yeah, yeah. Your learning curve. Cause I mean, yeah, I think it's, it is good to do that stuff if you have money and not much time. Yeah, of course. Okay, everyone. So that is Ben. You're going to be seeing his face a lot, okay? And if you're not following him yet, you definitely should. 
he is definitely going to be an up and coming person in the Amazon space. That's going to be able to help a lot of people, you know, increase their sales. Um, so if you're not yet following him and maybe you want to learn more, you definitely should. And again, check out the free FBA class. Um, you can go to freefbaclass.com, but if you're watching this before October 15th of 2022, it's not going to be anything there. Um, I'll put down a link, the wait list, but then also once it's past October 15th, you'll be able to just go set up an account and get in there. But uh, yeah, Ben, uh, it's been very nice having you on. I'm excited to, you know, build the FBA class uh, together with you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you.